Welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, episode 34. My name's John. I'm joined by our co-host, Ryan. Hey, everybody. How's it going out there? Here at the Game Deflators, me and John like to talk about the games that we've recently picked up, the games that we're currently playing, and the funky, fresh, blast from the past inflation deflation challenge. But don't forget, Ryan, we also talk about news. Oh, news too. Yeah, you, you forgot the news. All right. Well, let's, of course, get it started. So, uh, pickups. Did you have anything this weekend, dude, that you picked up? Yeah. So, this weekend, I was all pumped because Bloodstained Ritual of the Night came out on June 18th. And not on Switch. No, no. Switch, June 25th. So, I was all set to go and buy that and play it and get deep into it and see what it was all about and have a bunch of fun. Oh, no, no, it's it's not out yet. So, I buckled down and I went into my wish list and Hollow Knight was on sale, 60% off. How much what, did you pick it up for, by the way? I think it was $15.99. Oh, dude, you got, you got ripped off. No, I'm not kidding you. It was like, I saw it on like... Uh... God, what's it called? That website, uh, Cheap Ass Gamer. They had it for like six bucks at Best Buy Digital. What? Yeah. Just oh. this past week. I didn't know. Oh, dude, you got to consult with me on these things. Damn. Got to be like, dude, I'm about to pick up Hollow Knight for 15 and then that's where my sense is kicking. I'm like, Ryan, it's cheaper somewhere. Hold on. Let me find it. Yeah, I'll have to do that in the future. Yeah, yeah, you definitely should. Still, regardless, you've started playing it, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I also picked up a game, Kamiko, which is like an 8-bit kind of like Zelda adventure kind of looking game. I can't remember where I heard about it before, but I really like the art style, and it was only like a buck thirty or something. See, that, that so was I actually... So I picked that up, too. That was the question I was going to ask you, and our listeners would probably like to know as well, is did Ryan pay more than a dollar for this video game? Slightly. Slightly, slightly more. more than a dollar. So a dollar thirty, we'll see if it was worth the investment. Well, it's just one of those things. Like, I, I'm i happy to have bought Hollow Knight because I've been hearing about it for so long, but uh, Kamiko, I was like, eh, that's something I thought about before. It's on my wish list. That's why I have a wish list, so I can consult it and be like, well, this is on sale. Let's see if it goes further on sale later. Yep, that's where you got to tie me in, man. Yeah, what about you? So, uh, this weekend, very interesting, but I did pick up a lot of video games, actually, more so than I anticipated. Some of these are pre-orders, so I'll call them out um, as I go through them. But I picked up Spider-Man on the PS4. Uh, that was pretty cheap. It was on sale at Best Buy uh, recently. I randomly, I, I just went yard sailing the other day and said, you know, screw it. Let me see if we can find anything. We're actually looking for like um, kind of like rustic stuff for our kitchen here at the house. And uh, I came across some PS2 games. And then there was uh, Dukes of Hazard on the PS2. I think it's General Lee Returns, if I'm correct. And uh, two bucks. Perfect condition. Has never been touched. Like it literally looks like there's not a single fingerprint that has ever touched that game. Um, so I think that game's somewhere in the $18, $20 range, which is pretty cool. I pre-ordered Collection of Mana on the Switch. Very excited about that. Also pre-ordered Neverwinter Nights. I know you're not going to join me, but I need a D&D fix, and that's going to be it. Hopefully it'll kind of pan out like the old PC version. I went ahead and pre-ordered Freedom Planet through Limited Run Games. I know we're not, you know, the biggest of fans of, you know, Limited Run Games, but the pre-order system for this particular game was, it's just open during a time period, and however many they make, they make. So, got that pre-ordered. And then speaking of limited run games, I also picked up Rainbow Moon. I don't believe I mentioned on the previous episode we recorded, so I'm going to call it out again. I didn't listen back. Um, Rainbow Moon is a limited run game. It's one of the longest RPGs, uh, tactical based, um, that's been released in many years. So I picked that game up. And the last pickup was a 120 gigabyte slim PS3 with a ton of games, including Mod Nation Racers, which I have been super stoked to play for quite some time. So, that is my extensive list of pickups for this week. That's a pretty good haul. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad, dude, and it was uh, fairly cheap, actually. So, I think everybody wants to know, are you playing ZOE still? I am still playing Zone of the Enders, and, you know, I had a really good time. I went over to my buddy's house the other day. They were playing Don't Starve Together. Don't and, Starve? Yeah, Don't Starve Together. What, what is that one? I haven't heard of that one. It's an indie game. It's like a survival game. So they were playing that, 
and I just sat down and I was like, see, this is exactly why I have my Game Boy Micro. Bam, busted out Zona Enders, and I went through like three levels. It was great, and I'm, I'm about, okay, so I'm like level 21, and I think I just finished like stage 14 or something, and my other old files I can see in there are like level 45, stage 25. So I think I'm like halfway there. It really doesn't take that long to get through a stage. It's just that I find myself really sparsely playing this game because it's just, it's fun. It's not that it's disappointing me, but I just wish that I had more, more of it to live up to my nostalgia. It's not, it's not as good as I remembered it being yeah. from the last time I really played through it. And the story's kind of not as good. And I don't know what I was expecting, but I was kind I'm kind of a little disappointed. But I'm still having a good time. But not good enough time for me to sit down and play a Game Boy at home when I have other consoles. Like I remember playing Game Boy at home when I had a Game Boy and no other new games to play. Or it was dark and you were trying to play with a flashlight and balance it and play in the dark. That, no, that's dude, the only I other that light. Dude, that was those lights sucked. Come on now. Well, it was for a GBA too. Yeah. The light. Um so hold on, this game don't starve together. Is it really that bad that you were just like, screw this, I'm gonna pull out my micro? No, no, it's a PC game. Yeah, but you said you were like, let me go ahead and play my micro now. Like this is why I bring it with me. Was it not a good game? Don't starve together? No, they were playing together. Oh, Two player I got you. I got you. on I got a laptop you. and a computer. I didn't have a laptop or own the game. By the way, to to go kind of off track here with currently playing, your bachelor party, dude, you guys had the most random assortment of indie games I have ever seen on a computer. I had no idea what half of, it was fun. I just have no idea what half of those games were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my friend's more into indie games on PC than anything else like his favorite game is faster than light which one was that did we FTL? play it no we've never played FTL. gotcha yeah it's it's uh something that i've dabbled in i mean like i got totally lost in cave blazers for months mm -hmm. i the probably the game i've played the most obsessively was when i was playing the messenger no no i was playing this uh one indie game uh, like a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I made it like all the way up to like top tens in the leaderboards. Jesus, man. For like time and points. Cause I was just like so obsessed with playing it. Like some of those indie games, they just build like a short loop. That's really f well honed and just let you do that over and over. And it, it was, you know, very similar type game to cave blazer too. So it's like, it, I find it, very easy to caught up in the innovation that you get from that and the fact that usually they're like pretty cheap so it's like i'll check out uh this Camico game and see what that's all about and see you know who knows maybe it's like another three dollar game that hooks me i mean like free games on mobile those are the most addictive well yeah and i mean that's part of the reason why they make them free because they get addictive <laughs> And you start buying little packages and loot crates and everything else tied to them. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, without doing any of that stuff in any games, it's just, it's very comfortable to come back to something that you can just bite-size go through, like a like a sitcom instead of, like, a drama. Totally agree with you on that. I don't know, man. Sitcoms nowadays, too. I, I find myself drawn in again, too. Um, Hollow Knight, though. So you picked it up. Did you yeah. start playing it? Yeah, it's super awesome. Uh, I was a little bit lost for a time, I made it through the first area fine. I made it into the second area, and I got a little lost. And then I kind of started figuring out exactly where I needed to go and what I needed to do. And then I thought I did all that. And it's like a Metroidvania, so it's like I got a new skill. And I was like, okay, well, where can I go now that I wasn't able to go before? Also in this game, you have to buy, you have to buy like everything useful for mm -hmm. you. So you have to buy the map, but you have to buy a map for each zone. So imagine like if you're in Metroid and you go to the little map point where you can obviously open up the download, map. but instead yeah. of downloading the map, you have to buy it. 
Interesting. And then the map only shows you where you've been once you've been there and then gone back to a place and rested. But it has like areas that are blacked out that you haven't been to, right? Yeah, it'll have some of that. So similar to a Metroid in, in that respect. Yeah, but then all the icons, you have to go to the shop and buy the icons. So to see where things are, you have to go buy little badges and then those badges will appear on the map whenever you discover those points. I hope you're purchasing with gold within the game, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then you finally get little things that you can mark your own points of interest on the map. So I finally started being like, okay, I can't go past this way because I don't have a skill that will let me so that I stop backtracking all over the place and trying to memorize where things were. And then I was like, I have nowhere to idea where to go. So I just started going in a way because I could and I totally without meaning to just like I didn't break the game but I definitely sequence broke it because I went to a place I looked up a walkthrough I didn't actually read through the walkthrough but I'm like five areas I went to a place five areas past where I should have been. And you probably died pretty instantly. No. Oh, made really? my way all the way back out, and now I have this new skill that doesn't do anything useful for me. <laughs> well, so, yeah, because it's later in the game, so they don't want you to do anything useful at that point. Well, You've already... So what it is, it's like when you when you fight enemies, you have your health and you have your soul meter... You can charge your soul meter to refill your health. Or you can charge your soul meter, or you could shoot a blast with your soul meter. And I'm assuming you get other abilities later on. So I got this sick, like, dream sword that's like a whole nother button. And I could charge it up and then slash somebody. And it doesn't hurt them at all. But it fully fills my soul meter. Instead of having to, like, normally it's like you have to kill two enemies, and most enemies take two hits. So it takes me four hits between two enemies to get enough soul to heal one bit of heart, or one health. So with this, without killing the person, I could just farm soul meter. It's not bad, actually. So I had a similar experience when I was playing some Salt and Sanctuary, where I just ended up in some random location in the game. I ended up going like two areas further down for some reason. I don't even know how I was able to manage that because you're typically supposed to be able to open up yeah. uh, as you progress, like get different keys similar to a Dark Souls. And uh, yeah, dude, I ran through the same situation, uh, except in my case, I got killed instantly and didn't make it back out and lost like 5,000 salt. Oh, so that's, that's the worst. Little... Yeah, that happens to you in this game. Oh, really? Yeah, I was trying to save up the most... There's one area that you can go into that's like pitch black and there's an item in the store that's like the most expensive item in the store. And I was like, fuck, I don't know where to go. Maybe I need to buy that. I had like half the money and died. And then I had to go get like all the money. That sucks. Yeah, it was brutal. I did it, though. Well, uh, assuming that's what you played this week and that's it. Um I the music's am, excellent. That's I, that's the last thing I want to say. Like I've lost myself in this game. Like, so you need to download a soundtrack, is what you're saying? The music's just so good. Yeah, I, I've got a few games like that in the past that I just I get hooked on the music, and I just even today I still listen to. It. I was listening to uh, the Chrono Cross OST just yesterday. Actually, it's awesome stuff. Um, okay, so I am actually playing Sukuden Two still. I am. It's part of and my. You will be for a while. I will be for a while. I think I'm 14 hours in currently into oh, the game. Oh crap! You're way further than I ever was. Then. Oh really? How far yeah. did you? Well, I mean, I also spend a lot of time on RPGs like this, um, and I'm trying to get the 108 characters. I normally would not um, try to do something like this, but I kind of had the ending spoiled for me. I think I don't know the truth to it, but it was some character will die. Unless you get everybody. I'm like, well, mm. shit, I don't want that to happen. I don't think so, that's a thing. I don't know, man. So basically, if, apparently, if you get all 108 people in the game... Well, maybe you get a true ending. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of what it is. You'll get, like, a different ending. Well, the true ending is if you don't get everybody, obviously. Oh, okay. I, I would imagine. Well, no, I guess you could take it both ways. So, yeah, a true ending would be if I got everybody. An alternative ending would be if I don't get everyone. So right now, I'm trying to get everybody. 
We'll see. I know I missed one character, but I have the opportunity to pick them up at a later time in the game. Have you met the kid in the village? Which kid in the village? You uh, go to a village and there's like a bratty kid. A bratty kid in the village? Yeah. Uh, I want to say he's a bird person. Uh, I don't remember, dude. I don't think so, no. So you might be further than me. I'm, I basically just got to where I'm now lord of the area. And we just overtook the castle after the necromancer was there. Oh, you just got the castle? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you've just been you've been doing more in the game probably oh, yeah. I'm than like, I did. I'm like level twenty eight at that point in the game, which is ridiculous. I have no idea. I, I, you know what? I should bring my Vita and we can look at my file next time. Yeah, like uh, I theoretically right now should be about level twenty, and I'm level twenty eight. Now there was a trick that I found where if you and I, I might have discussed in the last episode, but you pretty much have the ability to go into a, a part of the game that you won't be able to, or you're not supposed to really go to till later on. Yeah, and you can power level. Yeah, so I just power leveled, brought a bunch of uh, medicine, and I was good to go. So um, really enjoying it right now. Story's fantastic. My character's name is Dell. Um, and, you know, spoiler alert for anybody who didn't listen to the last episode, but uh, Jowie, the character that was my friend, has uh, essentially backstabbed us and killed the... Uh, leader of one of the cities which was then overtaken so um super excited about this game definitely enjoying it and i wouldn't say it's worth the like 150 dollars that it goes for a complete in box but it's definitely i can see why a game like this goes for so much money i mean it's uncommon from what i know and it's just a great game overall so see i wouldn't know about that i bought it digitally on my vita yeah, screw you. Okay, so uh, looks like we're a little past where we wanted to be on our time, but uh, let's continue on, man. So, news. News this week. this week. This just in. On the game deflators. Okay, so we've got uh, subscriptions raining down upon us. We all heard a lot about this at E3. We've all been seeing a lot about this all over the place. Uh, they want our money, and they want it now. <laughs> Call J.G. Wentworth. And they uh, they also want it next month and the month after that. Like, they want all the money all the time, and it's just not good enough. But, you hey. know, nobody complains about Netflix. I have a question, Ryan. Can we hashtag J.G. Wentworth after that little bit? Yeah, dude. Okay, cool. Um, Throw some money to J.G., no, they're supposed to give me cash and give it now. Okay, so for those that are not at our age and don't understand what that is from daytime commercials, so subscription services, um, there's a great uh, article on Wired. I think you got it pulled up right now um, where it just talks about all the different subscription services. By Brian Barrett. Yes. Great article. We'll link it in the actual uh, podcast description, I guess, um, since we got to get our YouTube back up yeah we also would like to apologize if you're listening to this right when it comes out it won't be on youtube and you can't hear us apologizing but we're sorry yeah whole issue of that and go like our facebook page actually we uh had to get a new page going for that so everything else is good though twitter and instagram so uh yeah so we now have subscription services for ubisoft ea playstation now's had it for a while now xbox cloud um, tons of other subscriptions out there. I think World of Warcraft. Yeah, World of Warcraft, which has been, I guess, over a decade. Uh, Air filters. You can get a subscription for that now if you didn't know. Netflix and uh, just about anything else that you want a subscription for, there is one. You know, I had to knock off some subscriptions. I got tired of having Funimation and Crunchyroll and not watching either of them. So I got rid of Funimation because I'm more inclined to watch Crunchyroll. You should have just given me your password, and then you wouldn't have felt that it was going to use. I would have watched Funimation. I need to watch DBZ. Not not the originals. I need to watch the uh, uh, GT, that one. Oh, I've got it all on box. Oh, well, you need to loan it to me. Yeah, you can take it. And now we can hashtag GT and uh, Dragon Ball Z. So my opinion on this, sir, subscriptions need to go away, or at least be minimalized to, like, bare bones. Like, I'm so over this, man. You have... Ubisoft, EA, PlayStation Now, was it Epic Game Store? Or don't they have something going on? No, Epic or Games is just its own. Just its own thing. Its own thing, it, yeah. Like, it's just everything is subscription services now. We're going to stream it. We're going to get it to you. You have Gamefly that's been out for years where you can See, pick up a game. Now, that's the thing is 
I don't understand, like, all of these things, they've got a real leg up on Gamefly because Gamefly doesn't distribute. It's like Gamefly never had the opportunity to do what Netflix did. And that's because the studios got there first. Like, well, I don't think the tech was there, though. Well, no. I mean, the thing is, like, the tech was not there until now. And streaming videos was obviously much easier to do sooner. But, I mean, there's not going to be a Netflix because everybody knows that they can make their own money off of this. The same way there was Netflix for a long time and Hulu. And that was it. And now there's, you know, NBC and CBS, uh, TNT. Everybody has new Disney one that's going to have all the Disney stuff. That's going to be awesome. That's six bucks a month. See, that's the thing. Six bucks a month sounds real reasonable until it all adds up for all the Disney stuff. But it's like they're basically just selling you one channel at a time now for subscriptions. But for games, I always liked the idea of physical media for a long time. And then just in the last couple of years, I started turning around to digital and I understand a lot of people are freaked out and a lot of people think they just want to lease the rights to the game to me. And what happens if I put all this investment into this and then they decide to pull the plug and kill the servers? And what about, you know, archiving this for posterity? Like, what about video game history? There's a lot of unique takes on this. There's a lot of different opinions in here. But... For me, I'm just not as concerned because I'm a general consumer. And for me, it's just like, dude, if I could just pay 15 bucks a month to play any Nintendo game, even the new ones that just came out and any of the old ones, I'd pay that $15. Well, here's the thing, If it was $20, I'd probably pay that $20. If it was $25, I don't know. You'd have to really... I'd have to start playing more games to justify that. Like, I think all of these things have a measurable point at which they're absolutely not worth it anymore, given all the other circumstances. And they're just going to have to hit those marks, and we're just going to have to see what it runs you. Because I don't own an Xbox, so I don't have the good Xbox service. I own a PlayStation. I don't play enough playstation games to use ps now i don't know anything about ps now well i have plenty of games that i need to play so for me a streaming service honestly just doesn't make sense just due to the sheer amount of video games on my shelf i mean we could probably run 1500 episodes and do one inflation deflation based on what we got and that's that's without getting new stuff that's assuming i never pick up another video game in my life so yeah um God, man. And that's not counting any digital games what you have. So we'll be still around not for a while. That, still not that much. Even with all the digital stuff I own, still not that much. Yeah, that's true. So um, I traded in a lot of games, folks. GameStop <laughs> took me. They took me and robbed me blind. Yeah, I, I've never traded in a game in my life. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Uh, so my take on subscriptions is if they start getting to a point in time where, yeah, you pay five bucks a month and you get like access to... I think EA is doing this, if I'm correct, based on that article, if I recall, um, where you would get access to like games that are coming out and you're able to play extended versions of like betas and stuff like five bucks a month. You get to do that. Maybe you're paying for like better service or perks or something along those lines. You want some bennies. If there's a subscription where you're not going to basically keep all your games on your subscription service. And say, well, you're on PlayStation, but we're not going to have digital games on PlayStation now. You have to play. If you want to get the subscription service and play our games, it has to be the extra five bucks. Like that sort of thing would kind of piss me off. I would hate to see like an EA say we're doing our own service and you don't get to play it on anything else unless you pay for our service. Like that would be stupid. Now, what about this, though? This is something that I don't think anybody's mentioned, but I think it's a cool idea. What if... What if instead of a subscription model from a publisher, what if you were able to take this same concept and transform it into a Patreon funding model for studios directly? 
Like, if these studios need all this money to make these big games, but they're having to put all these loot boxes and cut all these corners and do all this crunch in order to get, you know, all the money that they can from you, what if we could get the studios out from under the thumbs of the publishers by pledging a certain monthly model value to them in order to get access to those games almost kind of like how you pre-order games through you know uh like well you don't well no you don't pre-order games technically through kickstarter well you're pledging money to them to build that and then you wind up kind of getting a pre-order as a thing even though that's not how it's supposed to work well, the game that, that you were just talking about, uh, Bloodstain, that, that was a similar situation. I think Game Grinders, matter of fact, did the whole Kickstarter thing for them. Like, well, yeah, he was you a could, backer from that point. Yeah, you could do the backer thing, but it technically it's not supposed to be a way to buy the thing. Yeah, you're pretty much contributing with the Because if it doesn't come out, of, you, don't, you don't get anything. Well, I think Kickstarter policy is if they don't go through with it, then you get your money back. No. Are you sure? No, you get your you don't give your money until they've reached their goal. Once you reach their goal, you gave them the money. You hope they finish it. Gotcha. But it's like it's the same reason why they're not doing any refunds for Shenmue. Yeah. That makes Even sense. though it's not releasing on Steam anymore. Totally makes sense. Um But yeah, I think so- that that would be cool. I but the problem is those publishers own the rights to all those games and the bigger problem is so many old games Nobody knows where the rights are for them, or it's confused on where they're at, or multiple people own multiple parts of the license. So it makes it difficult for a lot of brand stuff. Uh, Jim Sterling goes into more depth about this in his video, but it's it's crazy that all these subscriptions are coming out, and it feels like it's five years too late. Like I feel like everybody's kind of starting to get fed up with subscriptions, And I just don't see this being the future unless there's a lot of adopters because PlayStation now has been out for a long time. I don't know anybody that uses it. That's the thing. Yeah, same here. And that's the thing, dude, is how many adopters are you going to get? And at this point, there's so many subscription services that are coming out on almost a daily basis. That and you're they gonna still sp- want you to buy new yeah. games. And you're going to spread it thin. So, like, you know, I can't get, you know, let's say I had PS Now, but, you know, I might not be able to do Ubisoft or EA or Stadia or whatever it may be because now you're talking about on a monthly basis you're taking more money well, from me. Well, Stadia Stadia is free, I believe and you purchase Stadia's new games. Stadia is free, you purchase the games, but the subscription is only for higher quality. It's like a Stadia Pro in a yeah, sense. Yeah, but that's just to, that's to get the 4K. True, but so I, I game it in doesn't 4K. Matter, it doesn't matter. You're still buying the game. I'm fine. We were talking about this a little bit earlier, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, but I already don't play games in 4K, you know? So I don't need 4K Stadia, free Stadia, where I just pay for a digital copy of a game just on an any platform instead of on a dedicated platform is the same difference to me. Like, I would, I never buy stuff for PC because I have a, sh- I have a decent laptop. That decent laptop is so decent that I don't feel compelled to build a gaming rig. But once Stadia comes out, you best believe that it's going to be the best way to play just about any game, you know, if that's the right form factor that I want to play that game in. Like, the ability to choose my form factor for my gaming needs... Some games I want to play handheld, some games I want to play on a TV, some games I want to play in the Yeah, middle. the flexibility of it's appealing to you in a, yeah. in a sense. Um, well, we've gone on a little bit on this one, so uh, I'm going to bounce over here on, on our topic. So let's actually What's quickly next? go into, well, it was going to be Harry Potter Wizards Unite. We can go into it after well, well, this. Well, let's talk about it. Well, hold on, hold on, because I think this is a good segue. Oh, we got, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good segue. So we had the future of gaming is what we were talking about regarding the PS5 and PS5. some of the details we've had. We've talked about in previous episodes. Yeah, um, but one of the key things I saw in a recent article, which the we will, rumored PS5, rumored PS5, it's not even happening. though it's obviously going to be called the PS5, because why the fuck wouldn't they? They're the longest running with the number thing. You keep that. If you're the longest running with the number, you keep that. Yeah, I know. You stay at five. Like if they call it something else, it's gonna be stupid. Because they're never gonna make the Xbox Four 
when you have the PlayStation 5 well, because no, it, it inherently is one number better. See, I think what's going to happen is the next Xbox will be called the Xbox One 2. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that works. Xbox has just a terrible... Microsoft in general it has a terrible naming buckle scheme. Buckle my shoe VR. Yeah. Do you know how difficult it is if you're on eBay to look for like Xbox controllers? Like Xbox controllers, and it pulls up like everything else on the face of the planet versus like PlayStation controller, PlayStation 2 controller, PlayStation 3. Like it's so much easier. But so we were talking about. Um, so there was an article that came out that we can also link where it discussed that some of the pain points that gamers have. The new on like, inverse.com by Danny Pays. Thank you, Ryan. So some of the things that we're going to be seeing in the future are not going to be as painful anymore. Uh, one of them being uh, solid state drive being put into the new PlayStation 5. They did a little mini demo of loading recently for Spider-Man, and it was like instantly that it came up the the whole scene that was loaded up versus a PS4 was like, I don't know, like 10 or 12 seconds. OK, I have a problem with this. Yeah. I have a problem with this. Who remembers being in elementary school and every year they're like, next year you're going to have to write everything in cursive. They won't even take it if it's not in cursive. I remember hearing that every year. Just like every console generation, I've remembered them being like, there's no more loading screens. There's still loading screens. Do you know how long it takes to start Red Dead Redemption so 2? somebody brought up a good point. I don't remember the podcast that I was listening to. I know it's rendering a lot of stuff. I appreciate how quick it is now. I'm just saying they've been telling us they're done for years. They're still not done. You just wait. The PS6 so, will be faster. So get this. You're going to get a kick out of this. I was I was listening to... It wasn't a podcast. It was before the Square Enix um, E3 presentation. And the girl that was talking said, Yeah, so you know those elevators? It's just straight up like a fake elevator that you're in as it renders the next part of the game. Like you're not going up an elevator. You're just like sitting in this fake elevator as it progresses yeah. with the next area. Hidden loading screens. So like you think it's an elevator. Like, oh, yeah, I just have to go through this elevator. It's part of the game. Like I'm going up to the next floor. No, it's just straight up loading. And uh, I never really thought about it in that respect until that was mentioned. Like I always thought, yeah, this is a cool functionality. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in the elevator. I get to press the button like it's it feels real. No, it's just because we're loading the screen. Well, this is the thing that's crazy. Have uh, you ever played a game with a loading screen minigame? Um, probably. Because Namco Bandai held the patent on that concept. Really? For a long time. Uh, apparently, it's been up for a little bit. But that used to be that used to be the hotness. Like when you'd play a game, and it, it was loading. And it gave you a mini game to play while it was loading. That was the best. I'm trying to think of a game that I've done in the past Budokai, where you're able to do that, where you have to rotate the thumbsticks to get the Cybermen to sprout. See, I never actually played fully in that game. Like I, I saw people play it like in battles, but I never truly sat back and played it consistently. Um, but back on topic, so uh, no loading screens. We're looking at potentially 8K quality video. You don't even game in 4K. Yeah, I don't even. What I, am I gonna do with 8Ks? I have no idea. I got like, no Ks, man. Dude, I look. Well, you got 1K. I look at 4K right now on my TV. I got a pretty decent. Oh no, 4K I got a TV. good TV, but I just, I don't. I mean, I guess I don't That's know because right, you I, got the PS4 like slim version. You don't have a PS4. Or no, you do have I a do Pro have now. I do have a PS4 Pro, but yeah. that's the thing. It's just it's HDR. Yeah, I have HDR as well. Is HDR 4K? Are those the same thing? What TV did you get? You got a Sony Bravia, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got the same TV as me, just a little bigger. Well, I know, but how do I know if my game is in 4K? I'll show you. But basically, you go into your PlayStation 4 settings, and it depends on the game. But within the settings itself, you go to your video quality, yeah. and you can set automatically that you want it to play in 4K or to adjust resolutions automatically. See, I have so, HDR, and I don't know if that's well, the same as 4K. Well, you can turn HDR on and off. No, that's high dynamic range. That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I don't dig too much into the technical components of it all. I don't either. Um, I play my Switch mostly in handheld mode, or I play a Switch all, which isn't in 4K. All I know is that certain games that I've tried to play in like pure 4K with HDR, they're just like laggy. When I played, um, God, what's that game, the Samurai one, that's kind of like Dark Souls? Dude, I forget. Sekido? No, not Sekido. It's the other one that came before it. Neo. Neo, yeah. So Neo. I was if, like, Sekido, you haven't played Sekido yet? No, I haven't. Super it's sitting for in it. that closet, dude. I got to play Sukuden first. They, they kind of rhyme, so I, I mixed it up. 
Sure. No, that's alliteration. Sure. Mr. I already drank my whiskey. All right, so... <laughs> okay, so basically... I don't even remember where I was at on that, dude. 8K Gaming. Okay, so yeah, you go in... I played... Um, neo and within neo when i set it to like 4k and put in my hdr it was super laggy visually like when it like when i wasn't moving beautiful i was like man this is awesome the second i moved i'm like nope go back to 60 frames per second and whatever low resolution it was set out with no hdr so um as far as the 4k gaming component is set i'm not blown away by it right now I don't think it's even, from a console perspective, where it needs to be. I don't think that TVs are there as far as, like, a consumer-friendly price point. Can you what an 8K TV would cost? I don't even know. I've heard of 16K. My mind might get blown. But that's the thing. It's like, I remember when I was working and 4K TVs came out, and they were, like, $16,000. And I just got one last year. I didn't pay $16,000 for it. I think I that paid much. 700 for mine just a couple years ago. Yeah, exactly. Now I feel like crap because it's so much cheaper. So, yeah, when 8K comes out, I am 100% going to wait. Wait three years. Yeah, wait three years and we'll be good. I'll still play in 4K and I won't even know the difference. Um, now, the solid state drives, though, that's pretty awesome. My PC is set up on one, boots up right away at the OS, so I'm pretty stoked to have, like, no loading screens. But once all of this happens, Ryan, what are we going to complain about with gaming? Are we just going to complain that the price points are too much or that there's too many loot boxes and, and that's it? Like... All of the fun things we used to complain about as, you know, I had to blow in my cartridge for Super Nintendo or my game is stuck on the PlayStation symbol and will not move any further because I have a smudge on my disc. Like, John, what are we supposed to do? I'm glad you mentioned this. I'm going to stand up for this. But before we move on to the inflation deflation challenge. No, no, we got to talk about Harry Potter. Before we move on to the inflation deflation challenge. I have my own challenge that I have set more for myself. This is beyond the new game's resolution. Are you, you going to complete a game? No. Oh. Well, <laughs> I did complete the messenger. Okay. And I will complete the DLC for it. We'll go with that. Go on. I will buy it, and I will complete it. No, you won't. So anyways, I am going to jump into the world of VR, and I will find things to complain about, John. I will go into this immersive new landscape and and I will be amazed by it but just for you I will find things to complain about while I'm there I am That's excited. right folks I'm going to get an Oculus Quest Are you really? I'm going on the quest. I'm going on the journey. Over PSVR you decide you, that's your decision? I made my decision. Oh. I want total total wireless freedom self-contained freedom that only an original platform can offer me plus i don't know man the psvr still uses the playstation 3 light ball things yeah those, those are supposed to be okay you can actually use them on the ps4 to ps3 versions no that's the only version they have oh well they're literally the same technology so they um, never innovated when you get that Oculus, you let me know, and I'll be there right away to watch you fall on your ass as you oh, trip no. over a table. Yeah. But this is a journey. We'll talk about it. We'll see. Maybe we could go on this journey together. Oh, don't hold my hand. But yeah, I think that'd be great. Um, I, I do want to... I know we're a little over on the time frame. I think we should still at least touch upon... Well, yeah, we just mentioned Wizards VR, Unite. so why don't we talk about AR? Augmented reality. So, Wizards Unite. I haven't played it. My wife is playing it. Um, She's it, Harry Potter fanatic. You know when John's birthday is? Don't say it! You might know. You might know now. So, um, Harry Potter, for those, or Wizards Unite, for those of you that don't know, is pretty much Pokemon Go, but with wizards and witches. In so the world you get to catch Potter. Hermione's and grind them up into candy and feed them to other Hermione's? That would be pretty disgusting, but... Oh, God, now that you mention it, dude, I hope that's not what goes with this game. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, pretty much, uh, similar to Pokemon Go, you have, like, different, not gyms, but you have areas where you can plant seeds and trees and stuff, and you have quests where you can join with people and complete different spells. And, um, yeah, I mean, so far, like, my wife has enjoyed it, the little bit that she's played, and 
Uh, I think Niantic, just looking at the graphics and what's going on with the game, it looks pretty cool. I, I like Harry Potter, but I'm not like a diehard fan that I'm going to pick this up and play it. Uh, but she's really liking it. And the, the fact that this isn't like a cut and paste of Pokemon Go, like it is in a way, like it has a similar build. I would imagine you use the same code to build it, but it's still very unique. In I have a good comparison. Yeah. So Harry Potter Wizards Unite is to Pokemon Go what The Legend of Zelda 2 was to The Legend of Zelda. That's a bold comparison, sir. I wouldn't go that far. Well, think about how popular Pokemon Go was and think about how popular the original Legend of Zelda was. Now think about how many people play The Legend of Zelda 2 and how it's remembered versus how many people are actually going to play Harry Potter Wizards Unite You know, it and is how it's going to be remembered and also how your wife is never going to finish either of them. That's very true because it, it just it's constant. It keeps going. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think it looks pretty cool from what I've seen her play. And uh, you're right, though. It had a very soft opening. Unless you were a Harry Potter fan, you really didn't know that this happened. Well, that's the thing. Is like Pokemon Go was like a phenomenon. Well, now if you play Pokemon Go, I, I mean, I won't go there, but that pun intended. Um, I don't know, man. I lost interest in it once it passed like Gen 3 because I had no idea what's after Gen 3 Pokemon wise. I just lost interest. Well, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's never going to have the like I remember Everybody was playing Pokemon Go. Like, people were getting into accidents. People were solving mur murders. People were getting murdered. Like, yeah. There Their was... phones stolen, playing on 10 different phones on a bicycle in like, it Asia. Got, it got people to go out and walk millions and millions of miles as a collective. Like, like we were more active as a society. Like, it really was like, holy crap. Like, I've never in my life that is seen the closest... a game that had that far-reaching of effect since the first time Pokemon came out. Ryan, that is the closest we will ever get to complete world peace. Well, it's just Pokemon, man. Pokemon is more powerful than Harry Potter, and it proved it again because uh, Harry Potter and Pokemon came out about the same time originally, and they were both very big, but Pokemon is like a bajillion dollar industry. I don't and know if that's Harry an actual number, but we'll go with that. Well, Harry Potter is a big industry, but it's not Pokemon. I don't know, man. I would argue on that one. No, I think no, Harry I've, Potter's I've climbing seen, for sure. No, I've seen... Um, if anybody watches uh, Mother's Basement on YouTube, uh, Jeff put out a really good video talking about Pokemon. And in that Wait, video... Wait, is, is it really his Mother's Basement? Uh, it's the name of the channel. He used to... He used to record from his mother's basement. Oh, okay. So he transitioned out of yeah, it. Yeah, he's he he does really great anime videos. He does some video game stuff. He, he's awesome. Check his video out on Pokemon, and he makes that comparison about how much those franchises are different in where they started and where they are now. And it's just, you think Harry Potter's big, but dude, I don't think anything's bigger than Pokemon. I, I could argue some other things, but... We will agree to disagree. Now, I, before we move on inflation deflation, I do want to say that I am excited about this augmented reality gaming. I think it'll go into different things down the road if it kind of picks up and continues to be successful. Well, we talked about those D&D &D cards a Dude, little. D&D &D AR would be amazing. Have like, you not I would, seen the tech? No. I you, need to check You out. seriously haven't seen the tech? No, show me after the podcast, um, after we record. Can we pause and I can show you and we can come right back and they'll never know? Um, sure. So we're going to go on a brief pause. We're going to do an experiment. I need to blow John's mind real quick, and we'll be right back. Universal Studio Japan And we're back. Okay, I stole that one from you, actually. <laughs> I know you had it first, but you didn't get it with the pause. So, hope you enjoyed uh, that little bit of a break. Yes, augmented reality on D&D. &D. 
it actually reminds me, and I know it's a small project, but it actually reminded me of Eye of Judgment. Did you ever play that? No, so but was, I remember reading about it a long time ago in Game Informer. Same think. general concept as what you just showed me. You pretty much put down a card of a monster, and it popped up on the TV, and it was augmented reality on the TV. Like, that's kind of... Well, but this goes even beyond that. Like, imagine that card can project whatever. So you could have, here's a card for a horse. Here's a card for a dragon. Here's a card for a green hill with a river flowing down in the front and a bridge right here that's awesome like you could do all scenery and you could throw down three cards and have all three of those cards layer you just need to develop some sort of you know detection you know and positioning kind of system or something so i know if i judgment had a camera kind of hanging over the yeah. top um the PlayStation Eye. Yeah, what would be cool is if with like this augmented reality, you put on like some glasses, kind of like the um, what Microsoft has been developing. I forget the name of it offhand. Um, HoloLens. HoloLens, yeah, you're right. So if you were to wear some sort of HoloLens and it took those cards and made them big, you might not even need cards, honestly, for HoloLens. But like there's no still. reason that Yu-Gi-Oh! shouldn't have developed this. Like Bandai Namco, I think they make, do they make Yu-Gi-Oh! cards? Uh, I think, yeah, I think it switched over to that. No, I, it was Hasbro for a long time. Was it time. Hasbro? Yeah, I think it's Bandai Namco okay. now, though. I, I know they probably make the games, probably. But anyways, like, there's no reason that, like, cards shouldn't have this. Like, everybody would, like, be like, oh, shit, Yu-Gi-Oh! It was real! Yeah, I mean, dude, when we used to watch a show as kids... I just wished that they would have had like that augmented reality. In fact, that's the only reason I purchased Eye of Judgment because I was like, man, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh, but like on my TV and I can actually see the monsters and it sucked. So and probably nobody had it. Nobody had it. Like, yeah, my brother and I played it a few times. And we're like, hey, do you guys play Eye of Judgment and collect? No, like, they probably didn't release enough cards or make the dynamics interesting. Well, they enough. made packs and stuff. I think there was like one set of packs and that was it. Like they just never stuck to it. And I wish I would. Well, have. the PlayStation I was a critical failure. Yeah, it wasn't that great. So let's, uh, of course, get into what is it, Ryan? Our super funky inflation deflation challenge. This week we played Toe Jam and Earl for Sega Genesis. So Toe Jam Earl developed by Johnson. Vor Sanger Productions, uh, developed by them, published by Sega. North American uh, release, I think you said it was October of 1991. October 91. So the designer, Greg Johnson, and the programmer, Mark Vor Sanger. Yeah, that's where we get Johnson Vor Sanger Productions. So it was, um, it's an action dungeon crawler roguelike, and it's unlike anything I've ever played before. We uh, got through the very funky long intro and started playing the game and we actually got to play it on another new thing to me the sega nomad i love the sega nomad dude it is just straight up like it's just the sega genesis but just super bulky and fits in your hand just fine i actually uh after we played alien 3 uh that time at the old house and on a i don't even remember what recording that was um very old episode you guys should listen to our recording on that but I played Alien 3 in the Nomad. Absolutely loved it, dude. Like, just the comfort of it. Even though it feels bulky, the comfort of that console is fantastic. So, if anybody hasn't seen a Nomad or played one, you should definitely check it out. And if you can pick one up, pick one up. They're super cool. <clears throat> yeah, so, I had a good time on it. It had six buttons, of which this game seemed like it only used three. And the, and the start button. And the start button. So, it was... Uh, it was pretty interesting. I'm not exactly sure where the game winds up going, but from what I can tell, it's mostly just like navigational exploration and you're trying to just find all the things and you get different random items that help you get around. I thought the music was funky fresh. I thought the graphics were sweet. I thought the animations were hip. I really liked how Toe Jam walked towards the screen with his his three legs in like a wave. I liked the Nomad's controls of like, you know, it's not a hard game to control, 
but it did feel really nice to be able to hit those diagonals going up those narrow pathways. Yeah, the but the D-pad button type layout on that Nomad is pretty sweet. Yeah, I I had a good time, and you know, I told John, who wasn't that into it, that if I was sitting on the couch with that Sega Nomad. I'd give that game like at least a whole afternoon just to try to figure out what's going on there because I think it's interesting. You know, I didn't enjoy it at all. It just wasn't a fun experience for me. It could have been that I was distracted. I was on. The, I had to go on the phone for a while. But you know, when I finally did pick it up and I was playing through it, it just wasn't entertaining for me. And I just maybe it's a type of game, you know, and that's just not my style. But having to look around for pieces of the ship. And, uh, you know, teleport to different levels and there's really no kind of cohesiveness to the game. Like you find a door and you go up the invisible like warp elevator to go to the next part. And you're like, okay, cool. Now I have to explore this area and find some pieces. There was just, I don't know. It felt like there was something missing. We did. I mean, honestly, we didn't really get anywhere. And that's the thing. If this is, you know, a dungeon crawler roguelike. Yeah. Those are games like I remember the first time I played Cave Blazers, John, and I did not have a good time and I did not understand how anybody could have a good time. And now my Nintendo Switch says that I've played 140 hours of the game. That's kind of scary. So with this game, actually, I would like to give it another shot down the road. Maybe it's we don't play it prior to a recording. Maybe we just kind of sit back and play it and play it on the Genesis and just have it like the nice big screen and everything. that's, That's the thing. Or, or we just watch a YouTube video for Switch. Oh, the limited run games. I think that's sold out, though. Oh, is it only on limited run games? Yeah. Okay. And I know. Oh, look it up. Yeah, and they release like some special box or something too. Now, sometimes limited run games though does ship out copies to retailers like Best Buy. Um, but they don't always go through with it. Like I found the other day, ukulele limited run version. Um, on the Switch at Best Buy randomly. Just wasn't something I was expecting to see. So, my perspective on the game overall, dude, the music is nope, definitely I funky fresh. I can buy it digital for 20 bucks. Oh, very nice. I don't know if I will. We'll yeah, find... I, we'll, we're going to put a pin in this because John does already own the game on the original console and, you know, that that's fun too. Yeah, yeah it exactly. It doesn't cost me 20 bucks. It doesn't. So, I like the music... I like the controls. They actually controlled very well. Oh, um, and I don't like I don't like the new graphics. I would much rather play the original. Sweet. So that's something I was gonna say. The art style. Oh yeah, God, what the hell is that? That's like too clean. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, it looks nice. Yeah, I mean, it's not that it looks bad, but seeing the original, I like that. It you feels know. like a cell phone game. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a cell phone game. I don't like that. Okay, so we'll play the original. Um, so yeah, don't waste your money on that. Um, yeah. So my point being, obviously, liked the artwork, liked the overall controls, felt really good. The music was good. The graphics were good. It just wasn't my style of gameplay for what we were doing. Now, obviously, if we progress further, I might find that I definitely enjoy the game. You know, and I this is a thing that has come up the not the last few, but definitely for a couple of these. I've been taking in the idea that we should have a fresh new look at these games as we approach them. But I wonder if we wouldn't be better off going in with some knowledge. Like, I know you've played some games, I've played some games, but sometimes we play some games that neither of us has played. We don't know what we're doing and we spend a lot of time trying to figure out what we're doing. That's some of the fun of it, though. Well, it is some of the fun of it, but it is some of the originality of it, but it's like, maybe we would have a better time if we weren't trying to figure it out. Good point. So, uh, we will start doing a little more front end research. We'll we'll do some, we'll do some rearranging. You could expect actually to see a few changes here on the game deflators. You know, we're probably gonna, we got a new Facebook page. We're looking to get some new art assets. We're looking to mix it up here. We're trying to. Try some new things and see what's going to happen with Try it. Try and go so, out the convention scene a little bit. Yeah. That'd be fun. We'll um, keep you posted. We'll let you know when we know if there's something you need to know. Exactly. And that we'll let you guys know to let us know if there's something that you need to know. I don't know so if So let us that. know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram. 
soon to be YouTube when I get it launched again. Yep. Thank you, sir. That deleted it. Um, so that being said, that look that you just gave me. So uh, either way, what is a verdict on this? The game is 50 bucks complete yeah, right now. So, used so to be game, about 60. The game is currently, it is... Fifty dollars ninety-seven cents complete. Thirty-two fifty-three loose. Jeez, man. Yeah, that that might be one of the higher loose prices that we've done so far, and I think that as of where we're at right now in the history, this game is falling a little bit, but it's fallen before though. Well, I mean, it's it's in the decline right now. Over the last five years, it's not at its lowest. This game was as low as 38 new last August. So that's less than a year ago, and it's starting to dip back down. So given all that, I think that $25 a year ago loose was still too much money. So... I would wait, I would watch, I would see what happens, and I wouldn't buy, because right now, right now we're February. It's It was this low in February, it spiked up, it spiked up, so like... I picked it up last year, I think, for about 10 bucks, <laughs> which is actually, yeah. in all honesty, man, as it stands right now, having not set up to replay it... I would say this game is highly inflated on my end. I would only be willing to pay 10 bucks loose, maybe 15 to 20 complete. That's there's, where I am at. There's a new modern digital release that you can get for 20 bucks. That looks like a cell phone game. That I'm not as into artistically as the classic version. So I would say I wouldn't pay more than 20. Complete? Like if, if, if I could get this... And people say that it's worth more, and I could get it for twenty. I might get it for twenty because even if, even if you don't like it, you could still turn around and sell it and make money on it. But you could play the original over the new modern digital one that you wouldn't be able to resell. That's my new stance. If you can't buy it cheaper than digital new, don't do it. <laughs> if you could get it, if you could get original loose. For less and sell it for more, do that, play it, love it or hate it, turn around and sell it. And if you, of course, love it, then keep it. There you go. Well, I like your new stance, sir. Uh, well, since you and I had actually discussed, and we'll end the episode here pretty soon, you wanted to kind of get a theme going for July. Well, Spider-Man Homecoming is coming out July 2nd. So, uh, of course, I had to dabble in all my Spider-Man games and see what I had. I'm going to throw it on you right now just to tell me what we want to play next week. Whip but throw. I've got Ultimate Spider-Man. I think it's Ultimate. The one over there on GameCube. Yeah, we got to play that one first because that's the first Spider-Man game I ever played. Sweet. So we'll play that one. That's actually kind of what I was thinking is that one first. We're doing Spider-Month if you can't tell, folks. So Spider-Man, Ultimate, Ultimate Spider-Man will be taking place next week, which I think is July 1st when we record. Um... And then we've got uh, Separation Anxiety, Venom Spider-Man on the Super Nintendo. We have Spider-Man X-Men, I think it is. We'll play on Game Gear because we haven't done a Game Gear yet. Yeah. Oh, and then, man. I used to love my Game Gear. All yeah. six AAAs, AA's. Yeah. I think I have a plug-in, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, and then I'm kind of bouncing on this one. It'll be the last one because I'm buying it on eBay, and we'll see kind of how things go. I'm bidding on it. I want to get Maximum Carnage, because that's Spider-Man Maximum Carnage. Um, so I want to try and get that for Genesis so we can play it. I'm trying to buy a complete in box, because I used to have a loose copy, and now I don't know where it is, so let's go ahead and try and get it complete. There we go. If that doesn't work, though, I'm thinking Spider-Man on Atari 2600. Why not? Uh, let's check it out. So, I've never played Atari 2600. Well, really? No. Oh, dude, we got to play a game on that. All right, so uh, after Spider-Month, we'll try and hit Atari 2600 if you don't play Spider-Man on it. Sounds good. All right, cool. Well, we are well past what we have to do on our recording today. That's the other thing, folks. If you're out there and listening and you like this link, let us know because we're trying to cut it. We're slashing prices. 
We're trying to go down. We're trying to get a new, shorter, tighter focus. We failed miserably tonight, but we had a good time. I Didn't f- we? I don't think we failed. We had a good time. And we haven't hit an hour yet, so let's do it while we're still at the 59.30 mark. All right. So, my name's been John. I'm Ryan. And that was a terrible transition for both of us, and we are the, the Game, Game Deflators. Deflators.